Hello, I am Lee Hedgebantelis, the Principal of Bryden's Lawyers, and welcome to another episode of Law Pod. And today we have another special guest with us, a gentleman with whom we enjoy a relationship, both personal and professional, but not directly involved through Bryden's Lawyers as such, but in my other capacity as Chair of the West Tigers. So it is a very warm welcome today to Tim Sheens. I did a uh, podcast the other day with Andrew Voss, and we are talking about some of the great teams in the past. And I mentioned to him that for me, the, the team that made the biggest impression on me was the Parramatta team of the early 80s, yes. that, that back line yeah. from Sterling yeah. at seven all the way through to fullback. It's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah. I think then the back line that you had in the late 80s was comparable. It was, oh, yeah. it was fierce. But yeah. they are just, they're, they're the sort of things, because they're the artists, aren't they? I mean, yeah. the, the forwards do all the grunt work and they may not oh, yeah. get all the attention that they, you know, they deserve. Mm. But the artistry of someone like a Brett Kenny at six, for example, mm. or a Ricky Stewart throwing a cutout yeah, pass that yeah. cuts out 42 players, you know, something yeah. like that, yeah, that you yeah. don't see no, everyone right. doing. Yeah. No, no, they're once-in-generation players. Parramatta mm. have never replaced Peter Sterling in real time. I, I agree I agree with and that. that. And the Sterling, let alone the Sterling-Kenny Kenny yeah. ability. I mean, they're, mm. they're both good kids, don't get me yeah. wrong. But, you know, you're talking about generational players mm. in Sterling and so on. And Ricky Stewart's a bit the same. Yep. Uh, Canberra have never replaced a Ricky Stewart-Laurie Daly combination. Well, I, I think Peter Sterling may be the best player that mm. I have ever watched play. I remember yeah. him playing against the Roosters, and I think he scored three and set up three. <laughs> and the back page of the Telegraph read 9.99 out of 10. Yeah, it was yeah. almost the perfect game of football. Because yeah, yeah. I always felt that Sterling was just so smart. Yes, he was. Smarter he wasn't, than the majority of people. He wasn't super quick. He wasn't no. slow, but he wasn't super quick. Not like Kenny. No. But he had the Australian back line, mm. you know, Absolutely. with uh, Ella and uh, Cronin and yep. Eric Groth and mm. so on and so on. So it was a pretty good side. But in saying that, you know, Price leading up front yep. and so on. Pete was a thinker and mm. uh, I always remember his comments uh, when asked about how do you read a game. He'd mm. say, take your eyes off the play the ball. You know, mm. uh, something that I always... Yep. You know, I always, to this day, say to the young halves, stop watching the play yep. the board. You know, look at look at what's in front of you. Look mm. at the numbers. Are we going this way or are we going that way? You've got to make those decisions to so yep. stop watching the play the board. And most good players are exactly that. They keep scanning the game rather than watching mm. watching the play mm. the ball. And I've seen wingers standing and looking at the play the ball, which yep. is, you know, four passes away, rather than identifying what the situation is out, yep. out where they are. So... Yeah, no, he was a very, very clever player. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I knocked Jack Gibson back in the early 80s, so there's a good one Oops. for you. Uh, he rang me up and asked me. I was in real estate, as I said, and I was, yeah, you couldn't train, you couldn't, down the Penrith, down the old Western Highway, mm. you couldn't get a finished job and go and train anywhere, but Parramatta would have been the closest for me. Yep. And uh, But I knocked him back because I was captain of Penrith and it was in, I was in my early 30s and... I had my business and so on and so on. So then they went in to win three premierships, didn't they? Oh, Not to say yeah. that I was, I would have. No, nah, but but nevertheless, Jack but, ringing but maybe, me, yes. Jack ringing me was a, a pretty fair indication. It's a, it's um, a very big endorsement because there were no managers then. But anyway, um, but then I got the coaching job. Maybe I wouldn't have. So it's a sliding door moment in my career that I knocked Jack Gibson back, but I end up coaching at Penrith. So, very true. Yeah. All right, well, you're at Canberra, you win in 89. I'm not going to spend any time on that for obvious reasons. But from your perspective, how satisfying was it as a coach to win that first premiership? Oh, look, as I say about the semi-final for Penrith in uh, 85, yeah, those firsts are are, are huge, if you know what I mean. I mean, the boys, a lot of boys have been there in 87 Mm -hmm. at Canberra when they got beat by Manly at the cricket ground. But for me, it was my first grand final. And uh, to win it in the way we won it uh, was special. Uh, it was a great group of guys. You could see 87 we made the grand final run second. 88 we'd run third, as I was reminded. 
the end of the season function. And then 89, we kicked again and then we, we continued. You could see mm. that the side had, you know, that experience started to tell then. So 90, obviously, we went on and won it easily uh, in, in real terms. Mm. We were first past the post. That was our best year ever. We were minor premiers. Made the grand final in three grades in 90 before salary cap of 91. And so, yeah, it was a, you could see it turning into that sort of side and the boys loved each other, played really well. And each year when we started, we were on fire from day one because we played so much footy. We didn't have a lot of change in the group except coming through like a young Bradley Clyde or a young Glenn Lazarus. They're all in our system. We hardly imported anybody in those days. And, uh, and a lot of them come through our system again after after Belcher came Mullins and uh, after Chicka Ferguson same came Kenny Nagus and Noan and Druku and all those sort of players. So we just kept it in house, you know, we didn't have to go hunting, head hunting to any great degree. Okay. As a coach, as a first grade coach, you win your first. Are you ever satisfied? Can you win enough premierships or is the drive as strong as it is the following year and the following oh, year and the following yeah, year? Yeah, I think every every coach has a different Every coach would love to win a premiership every year, there's no doubt. But you've got to have your expectations. Sometimes you're in a building phase. For instance, when I came to West Tigers, there was no way anyone was saying we're going to win a premiership that year. In fact, we were voted by all the players in Rugby League Week as the club least likely they'd want to come and play at. Ouch. In the player poll, you know, that they yeah. had. Yep. So, but again, we, so we grew, like Canberra, we grew from the bottom up. And that's where we're going right mm. now, actually. Mm. We're growing from the bottom up in this club. And the local kids came through, and then you cherry pick the the um, a few veterans in and around it as we did in those days in '05. So, you know, but so you've got a building phase. So some coaches are in building phases, and and others, the you know, some coaches every year they start with the pressure of having to win the comp. Because mm. if you're the Roosters coach, you you've mm. got to win the comp every year. And if you don't, you've had a poor year. But for some clubs, it's about not running last and it's moving up the table and it's making the semis, you know, the classic you know, Tigers finishing ninth yep. uh, situation. But, you know, so the, everyone's in a different phase. And, um, you know, for us to win it in, in 05 came because we had our best team available from about round 10 right through the end of the season. And, and each club generally, if you looked at our best side now on paper, we'd have a team that would do well right through. Mm. We made semis, we would, we would be very strong. Most clubs are like that, but most clubs don't have that availability of mm. all their players. And with injuries and other issues that happen, uh, the depth isn't there. With a salary cap type thing, you haven't always got the depth. But that's why you need to grow, which Penrith are showing so well. that, And as they lose players, they bring them through. Mm. Uh, so they've, they've, they've started to do the system that, that, that we're following, or at least we're doing. I don't think we're following them. Yep. We, we certainly are a, a, a development club. But now we're really better organised, and that's the thing. And so, you know, eventually that, that group of players will come through together that are playing together. You know, West playing in the grand final this week and Balmain's sides are the same. We've had such good success in year one mm. here that I, I think, um, you know, we're going to see that in the next three seasons. But it is still a development period this next two or three seasons. No, absolutely. Do you see a similarity in the attraction to the coaching at the three clubs? that they're relatively new franchises, young rosters. I mean, look at Penrith. Yeah. Then you went to Canberra. Now, I know that Canberra yeah. had a, they were in the, the grand final in 87, but still a relatively new club and a yeah. relatively young yeah. roster. 
and then to the West Tigers in the early 2000s. Yes. So oh, th- yeah. There's a similarity there, isn't there? there? Is. Young, young yeah. franchises, young yeah. clubs, young rosters, yeah. and you step in and, say, and, and, and build something out of that. Yeah. The only difference here was the fact that we had the two old clubs, you know, and that was, that was the big issue. Uh, Western uh, Balmain. Balmain. Yep. And you still see it at St George Illawarra. Yep. And Illawarra are a young club. But, yeah, we're, we're talking about two 1908 clubs here mm. with Western Balmain. And, uh, and realistically, it was always going to be time before West Tigers became its own entity. And the kids only yep. remember West Tigers. They don't remember. They remember Benji Marshall and Robbie and all them. Yep. They don't remember, you know, Yappy Holman or mm. uh, Keith Barnes and that. Yep. To, their dads and granddads maybe do. But. It, that's long gone. So, well, it, yeah, well, that was the only difference. But, but it was a new franchise. But in real ways, it was an old club yeah. and an old mentality. And that divide between, you know, you weren't on the board, but I understand the initial board sat down and measured how much orange and black mm. and versus white and other things on the jersey yep. at the boardroom table. You know, yep. so that's that was where it was. I was going to say, look, even in 2022, I still yeah. hear it on occasion, and mm. I dismiss it completely. Yeah. I could not be happier with the way the board is operating at the moment. So mm. far as I mean, the commitment to the West Tigers yes. brand and only the West Tigers brand, so th- that is just a given. No. But I can imagine what it would have been like in the early 2000s. Yeah, well, we, our salary cap, we, we weren't operating on full salary cap. Yeah, the cap yeah. was 3.6. Can you believe that? 3.6 mm. million when I first came to the club. Well, that's uh, what Robbie got, then, wasn't it? <laughs> no, he didn't. Just about. Robbie, yeah. <laughs> right well these days uh, but um they uh we had um we were on a three million cap not 3.6 because by the time i got there it was only two or three years after or three or four years after that started they'd had wayne pierce coach and then mm. terry lamb who had both had short stints they were back to three million because they owed the league mm. and so the league took 600 grand a year oh, out of the, the out of the salary cap so which I wasn't told until mm. I got the job. <laughs> and so we actually won the 2005 grand final on a $3 million salary cap. Unbelievable. No third parties, yep. nothing. And well, the other thing, the other thing that you're very proud of, of course, uh, no uh, state of origin and no international players. No, that's right. I don't, did, had, oh, international had, was Kiwi had Benji play, Had Benji played no. by then? No, no. Okay, so there might have been a Kiwi or two. A Kiwi or two. We okay. did. Yeah, Fatawira yep. and, oh, Fatawira, and okay. uh, Dean Hallitow made yep. the side. They made it all out of our okay. side though, okay. by playing through 05. Yeah, okay. and, but no and state of origin, no Australian reps no. in that team that went through it. That's unheard of since. I, 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 mm. I think you'd struggle to name another team, wouldn't you, since then who no won, one, won a yeah, premiership? No yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, we've done, you know, look, you've been asked a thousand questions about the A5 grand final. I mean, it was just a, a joyous event for all of us, yeah. of course, and we're mm. looking forward to repeating that. So we won't go over that again. You've been asked everything that could possibly be asked. <laughs> yes. But, but where, where do we stand today, though? Do you, I mean, I said, I said recently, not, not recently, a few months back in an interview, that there's a sniff of 05 about the club, the roster, mm. the development. And a particular journalist just, a journalist just dismissed that out of hand, which, you know, I'm not mm. interested in. But... Mm. But I, but I, I, I do believe though. I think that there, there's, there's a roster that's building. There's yeah, a lot of talent there. There's yeah. youth. There's a good combination with some of the more senior players. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about O5 this year or next year or whatever. But there is a, there is a, there's a plan in place. Yes, there is. Well, I like to think there is because that's part of my role is mm. to make that, is to present that plan to you guys. And it has to be. It can't be a five-year plan, Lee, because no. I'm only a three years. No, so, no, no, no. Uh, three years. So we're going to a three-year plan. But so do, do I have to give you now the full endorsement, <laughs> the full weight and support of the board to, no, to announce no, that publicly? No, do not. <laughs> no, do, okay. do not tell me I've got the uh, yeah. the border behind me because that's, right. that's when I get stabbed <laughs> in the back. You okay. know? I much prefer to say that we're right beside you, Tim. You that's know? right. Then yeah, I, we're standing beside you. I can see where you are. Okay. Uh, so look, we, we've got we've got 
probably the best group of 17-year-olds the club's ever had. Now, Warren McDonald's been in the club a long time, uh, and I both agree on this. And not only that, we've got the backup, the 15s and 16-year-olds now, coming through MacArthur and certainly from um, Balmain as well. So we, we've got a, a great pathways happening, and I think those kids in three years are going to be 20, and our current... Uh, flag side is going to be a very good side. There's a lot of good 19, 20 year olds coming through there. So, and out of ball this year, both Balmain and West Ball both did pretty well. And as you know, we've got the Johns and the Laurie Daly Cup down there as well. They both made the semis for the yep. first year. So again, um, you can smell that, you know, for instance, the West Bal the West side that are playing this week, um, the 17s, Harold Matthews are in the grand final, they're undefeated. They beat Roosters with 12 men outside but 12 men for the whole second half and, and ran past them is a dozen of that group I think are still eligible to play uh, Harold Matthews next year uh, our 16s and 15s behind that are very very strong as well so we've got a, a really positive thing happening amongst the kids and that's what happened when I got here in 05 wasn't had anything to do with me but we we developed uh, a great group of 19s and that was Liam Fulton's group over at um and Hoffman, who, mm. of course, we lost to Melbourne before I even got here, Ryan Hoffman. So we had that 19s that won the comp. I think that was in 2002, the yeah. Liam Fulton and the Hoffman. And I think because Western Suburbs yeah. Magpies posted that, it's been 20 years. Yeah. And, and of course, in the Balmain side, we had Robbie Farrer and, um, and uh, Bronson Harrison and company as well. So all of a sudden, we had a good group of kids. And then Benji Marshall through the school system that we'd inherited... Um, Steve Lavis and then followed by Warren McDonald, who have, have handled that scenario. And Benji Marshall came down from there with a number of other, you know, Ben Teo was there, uh, was in our club. Um, Good player, Ben, ben Teo. Benny Murdoch yeah. eventually, um, you know, there's a whole heap of kids came mm. through. The most notable, obviously, though, was Ben. Yep. So, and then we cherry-picked, which you've got to do, because you're never going to develop a complete group of players. We cherry-picked Brett Hodgson, who was originally our junior anyway, and Pat Richards. And then, of course, you know, the two centres, uh, Elford and Fatawira, were great buys for us, and no one wanted them. You know, We ended up, though, we put it all together, and, and Toddy Payton, who was being paid by Canberra and the Roosters, <laughs> when I picked Todd up. But I, I had Toddy as a 17-year-old at Canberra, so I knew how good the kid was. He's probably the best prop never to represent. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Only because he was too fat, too lazy okay. in his early days, and I'll say it publicly, he knows. And uh, now, and he got fit. We got him fit, and in '05 he just led the led the forward back with Scandalous and, mm. and company, and you know, um, uh, Marky O'Neill and and Ben Gleer, all those guys um, who who really filled in that had mm. been around the club for a while, and they and and but then you threw those younger kids around them, and all of a sudden yep. we got a, we had ourselves a team, and I could see that happening for us over the next three years as long as because I left remember I, I left Tedesco um, Brooks and Mitchell Moses as the up mm. as the next spine for the club yep. and that disintegrated very badly mm. um, and I'm not blaming the club or anything no, no. but each coach who came in had a different view of it and of mm. course that was my view and mm. we were paying those kids at 19 we were paying them six figures in a day when that was a lot of money, That's a lot of money. Uh, even with a one behind it let alone mm. a two or a three in front of it rather so we need to develop that system um, and I can see it there we you know um, in most of the positions we're gonna have to cherry pick a little bit I think yep. in the next three years but overall I think we're finding that um, we're going to be able to bring most of them out of our own group now that's exactly where Penrith 
are. That's what they're, that's what they're enjoying now. That's what they're enjoying now. Yeah. And and the secret obviously is the two halves mm. who came through playing ball and that together. Yep. And uh, yeah, we've got some some decent kids there too. You don't know if a 17 year old is going to be a great first grader just yet, but you can see at that age they're good for their age, very good mm. for their age. So you know we're really looking forward to developing them. We've introduced a system of now that the junior rep season's finishing, um, ongoing um, training for the boys at at 19s, 17s, and 15s, not just one Cubs group. It's three Cubs groups, which we've not done before. So every all those kids now will come together, mm. the Balmain and West kids. Uh, they go back to their junior clubs, but they also twice a week come in and train with us as mm. West Tigers kids. Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to help them greatly, I think, and improve our pathways for next year as well. No, no, we're very excited by it all. You, you mentioned Brooks and Moses, and I was mm. just thinking there for a moment, if, if, if Moses had remained, he'd be yeah. seven. Brooks, yeah, he, Brooks would be six. Well, Brooks, he played seven and Moses six, but Moses was a very dominant. You can see he's the dominant dog yeah. over there at Parramatta in the halves. Yeah. So Moses, Moses and, and, and Brooksy, I liken it to one and one made four. Okay. You know, they, they yep. just as yep. a pair. And yep. sometimes it's like jo- Joey and Maddie Johns. Mm. You know, Maddie wasn't the player Joey was, but yep. Joey helped, Maddie helped Joey mm. in many ways as well. Yep. But, yeah, you would probably say maybe it would have happened that way. Because I'm just saying, is, is it such a revelation then that, that Luke's playing six now? I mean, that may have been where he was going to head. Anyway. Well, it's, a, just, funny, it's yeah. a funny thing. See, the game today is left and right. Mm. You know, you, uh, the halves will play left and right. Yep. And so they're both first receivers at any given time. But in the old days, the seven would stay on the ball and the six would rotate to the long side, you know. So the seven would follow the ball. Ricky would mm. do that. Laurie Daly would rotate. Peter Sterling would do that, and uh, Brett Kenny would rotate to the long side, you know. Now, we're still doing a bit of that. Mm. Funny enough, we've gone back old school a bit because Jackson stays on the ball and Brooksy, with his speed, will rotate to the long side. You'll notice he'll go mm. very quickly, go from the left to the right when we're, when we're opening up the right side. Now, um, it's done because I'm not sure that it's done deliberately by the coaching staff, but it's working out that way because Jackson, for instance, against Parramatta, I think touched it 90 times. Now, a good halfback who touches it 70 times is is a busy halfback. I read that recently. That's yeah, right. What the standard is. Yeah. So by that means he's chasing the ball all day. So mm. he's staying on the ball. Now, Jackson's not the quickest halfback, but mentally he is. He's mm. very quick in the in his ears. He's got mm. a great kicking game, pass game, and he makes good decisions. So he's staying on the ball and Brooksy's rotating yep. with Dane. And you see, because Brooksy's got the speed to get there, he can mm. travel from left to right and be on the outs, be the 5'8", as the second receiver very quickly. He's deceptively quick, young Luke. Of course he is. Yeah. He always has been. Yeah. So um, so that, that in itself um, has started to work for them, you mm. know, and um, has... Is developing as a as a combination, and um, so we'll wait and see how that develops. Okay. Yeah, but if it was an Adam Dewey, for instance, uh, a bigger five eight, they'd play more left and right. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that rotation that we get with uh, young Brooks. All right. Well, it seems then as a club, we're, we're ticking a lot of boxes. I spoke with Andrew Abdo only recently, um, the C. CEO for the NRL, of course, and yes. we're talking about the West Tigers brand, and he says they, the, the, the league itself couldn't be more excited about the West Tigers and the, yeah, the brand yeah, itself. Yeah. Our first game of the season against Melbourne on the Saturday night was the highest-rated season football game yeah. on any Foxtel platform, yeah. uh, but it has now been overtaken 
by the Easter Monday game yeah. and also last weekend's game against South. We have, as a club, three of the top five yeah. highest rated football games on, on Foxtel platforms in yeah. history. Well, Justin took me into the league the other day, first time I've been back in, mm. into the building and, and, and uh, to talk to Abdo and... Um, uh, An- Annesley, I think. Annesley, yep, yeah. Yep. And uh, who I know well, mm. Graham, but um, I'd not met... Uh, Young Andrew, uh, yeah. Andrew, and um, he said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, now I don't follow that sort of thing. Yeah. It doesn't concern me. But it, but but it excites it, the league. Let me assure well, you. Well, yeah. it would excite our club too. Absolutely. Um, and 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 well done. You know, yeah. I mean, the the brand is there. You know, probably set up from 05. I mean, mm. you know, there was a generation of kids that are now following the club, and people. And so, you know, what we've got to do now is. Um, is is bring it back to that level mm. uh, and we've got to show enough spark to do so and just with the last couple of games where we've won as narrow as the games have been but it has re-sparked people's you know back on side yeah. with the club a bit and so on and so on and taking the media because the media are now jumping on other clubs mm. you know which mm. which um, they which tend is, to do which is most unfortunate yes <laughs> good luck <laughs> but, to me but, um, you know, we're always only one yep. kick up the bum away from copping it again. Abs- so, you know, we, we, can't take, uh, we no, can't take anything for granted just yet. But, but overall, though, um, you know, I, I think we've got a very, very strong brand. And, uh, and I love the, you know, the, the central area where we are is brilliant because, you know, players can come to the club and not move home, mm. if you know what I mean. Like you can travel to our, our training venues and so on from there. Uh, the other thing, though, is the Campbelltown area now from Liverpool down to Bargo, that sort of thing. Because I played Southern Division, remember, in down there with Campbelltown in 83. And, of course, went to school down there. So I, I've got an affinity to the um, to the Campbelltown area, even though I got lost my first trip down there mm. uh, not long ago, um, earlier the in the St. year. St. Greg's Great. The yeah. grading of the Western Suburbs was I said, what happened, what happened to Oran Park? You no, know? No, that that, that <laughs> has disappeared, just, unfortunately. Which tells you how long since I've been travelling yeah. down there. But... In saying that, it's just amazing mm. the amount of people moving down there, which in my day in real estate happened at Penrith. Mm. Penrith exploded. Um, the freeway was eventually built and finished. Um, and so you didn't have to battle along the Western Highway in one lane of traffic, you know. So, you know, it's, it's opening up. In the, and the success we've had there this year, particularly with the Daly and John's Cup, um, because you've got to live in the area to play in those two sides. Now, mind you, most of our... I don't think we've imported anyone that I know of anyway in our ball and Matthews down there either. So mm. they're all local kids. And that covers 16s, 17s, 18s and 19s. It covers all four. So all that development period, they can play for our club. It's a huge nursery, isn't it, that we can draw on oh, them and yeah. create an NRL yeah, team yeah. in due course. Yeah, it really yeah. is a huge nursery. It is. But as I say, you know, we're ticking a lot of boxes. Uh, Centre of Excellence will be open a couple of months. You yeah. know, $75 million development there, which will be the benchmark for, for all Centres of Excellence. Yes. Uh, the Pathways program coming together very, very nicely. Development of an NRL team, this young roster, etc. Yeah. But for me, though, the responsibility of this board, this current administration, for me, its legacy must be a permanent home. Yeah. Do you, do you agree that the future of the West Tigers has to be in the southwest of Sydney? I think I think we have to have a base there. Yep. Even way back when I was here, uh, Steve Noyce, the CEO at the time, had plans to put a, uh, a training facility at uh, the university there. And and now, guess what? That's what we're thinking and about to do again. You well, know, yeah, we, yeah we, we can't announce anything formally no. as yet, but there will be some very good news so far as a relationship between us and the university out there, yeah. and so far as an academy's concerned, academy, yeah. w- which will bookend mm. from Concord all the way out to Campbelltown. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I can't. I <clears throat> I can't preempt what the club's going to do, but I, I understand though that at the end of this year, our um, our stadia uh, licenses are all finished. So we're, we're really looking at where we're going to be playing. That's more good. and more games because uh, that was brought up the other day in the meeting with Justin and I in the mm. league. Um, but that's not for me to worry about too much. That's for you guys. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think, yeah, we a majority of our people, our kids are coming from down there. Mm. There's no doubt. And we need a presence there. I was appointed chair at the end of 2019 and I had the opportunity to have a look at the season that was. And in the first 11 rounds of 2019, we played at nine different ovals. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you know, we, that's just gypsies. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that just can't happen. That can't continue. You look no. at Parramatta at the moment, the rise in Parramatta's fortunes over the last few years has got to be tied to that stadium. It's oh, not a coincidence. Yeah. They've, got, they've got that fortress. It's got to be yeah. worth eight to ten points a year to them. Exactly. Well, that's where Cumberland Oval was. So at the end of the day, that's where they're, that's their brand. They're there, yeah. you know. But um, but for us, it's because of the you know the Valmain Western Suburb scenario. Although West was Lincoln in my day, yep. uh, not Campbelltown. No. Um, but uh, but Campbelltown is the growth area. It's like Penrith, and it's mm. unlimited. I mean, you mm. can go down that that down that strip down to as far as you want to go. It's it's endless. The yes. development out there, the That's new right. airport, the amount of people that are going out there, the, yeah. the, the historical connection to the area. Mm. We will never forget our spiritual connection to Leichhardt. That mm. will always remain. There oh, will yeah. always be a presence of West Tigers yeah. in the inner west. That's yes. that's a given. Yeah. But in terms of growth and opportunity, and I think I think generally speaking, the majority of fans and members I think do recognise that. Yeah. But what we want is we we want a permanent presence. We we want a home. Well, we have to be we have to be committed too. We've got to have a number of we've got to have more than just a handful of games down there. I, oh, yeah, I think to if we commit, council commits, yep. people commit. You know, now what you've got is, and I had this at Penrith. I remember when I was young and the, um, we were selling houses out there. The, the families would come out. The younger people, you know, they'd support Penrith, but their real team was St George or Canterbury or you know the powerful clubs of the day and so on. But now what you've got, you've got similar things down there. People will have, parents and so on will have clubs that they support, even though they move out of town. But the kids, are gradually, the kids uh, will, will grow up with whatever team is yeah, local. They'll, they'll draw to the local team. So yeah. we need to be that team. And, uh, and I think we've all recognised that. Mm. I mean, I remember the days going through Campbelltown on a Saturday on the back of a truck. Oh, hang on, that was Tommy, wasn't it? Tommy, yeah, <laughs> with, a, with a microphone. Yeah. Come to the game tomorrow, you know, when they were Sunday games. So you yeah. do the Saturday morning um, when all the people were out shopping. Oh. And away you go with his megahorn on the back of a ute. Yeah, I don't see it, Tim. No, I don't no. either, no. But, <laughs> but that was the dedication of Tommy, you know. That's yep. Tommy all over, you know, to try and get people to the game. Absolutely. So you don't have to do that anymore in this respect that if... Um, uh, although it would be nice to see Campbelltown Stadia get an upgrade yeah, and, and, you know, people have the comfort that it needs. And, yeah. Well, and hope, hopefully Dominic, and Dominic Perrottet and others are listening. Eventually yeah. they will be. I mean, yeah. elections tend to do those yeah, things. It, and that, it, but it focuses their yeah, attention. But no I think if we commit, though, um, if we commit and we get start getting results, then like Penrith, they've got upgrades and they're going to get another one, I'm told. Mm. So, um, yeah, the, the people down that way <coughs> will demand it and... Um, there's a huge population growth happening down there. It's exploding down there. Uh, I know a few guys in real estate that are just absolutely braining it. Uh, it looks They're selling that much stuff down there. I, I spoke to a developer recently yeah. who's out, I think, in the Oran Park area. He's got a property out there. He's going to divide mm. into 11,000 blocks of land. 11,000 blocks of land. Just well, yeah, Campbelltown had 1,060 acres. Yep. Uh, most of that's gone. 
of yeah. Campbelltown. When I say Campbelltown, so St. Greg's. St. Greg's, yeah. Yeah, 1,060 acres. It's gone from a dairy well, farm. Gre- Gregory Hills Gregory was Hills St. Greg's. Yeah, St. Greg's. Yeah, that's, that's that suburb right. of Gregory Hills, yeah. Exactly right. And, there's, and I mentioned the airport earlier, and the airport itself falls entirely within the local government area of Liverpool. So that that growth area feeds yeah. directly into Campbelltown and yeah. Camden. Yeah. It's like this... this, this well, we're training here. We've got our 21s and our girls training here at Liverpool. Yep. And we want to maintain that presence to start with, let alone yep. uh, Campbelltown have been great, as in mm. Campbelltown, uh, St. Greg's have been absolutely brilliant because of the green space they got for training and yep. you know with all the weather we've had and all the other mm. problems we've been able to train all of those junior rep teams there camden have been brilliant for us too because we've been able to play our junior rep games down mm. there you know in, in, during all the wet weather they've been great th- no. down there so I, I know my way to camden now yep. well i always did but now i know uh like the back of your hand the back of the hand yeah, yeah. so those sort of so we're, we're linking with it all the time we, we're quite happy to run mm. our our, our junior games down there and so on. I think Camden are looking to get a, 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 a small stadium similar mm. to St Mary's along the side. True. You've got three or four ground, great grounds yep. there. So, Absolutely. And then let alone Campbelltown itself. So, you know, the, the main oval. So, um, How good is that St Mary's facility? It's phenomenal, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. well, really, they, really they, it's taken them a little while to do it but because mm. uh, I remember it, well... I remember being closer to town, they used to play their footy mm. in the old A-grade days, but um, once the licensed club went out, out there, of course, mm. you know, they, they built the ground and, and they've gradually improved it. Yep. So all the junior rep stuff was being played there this year with the New South Wales Rugby League. Yeah, you know, those western areas in southwest mm. are the areas where the population, and it's rugby league. It's our backyard. They love their rugby our league. Our backyard, and we've got to make sure that we stake it firm footing there and that exactly we claim right. it as our own. Exactly. Look, uh, Tim, you're far from finished in the game. Of course, you've got a, a lot of work yet to be done. You've got a premiership to deliver to the West Tigers before okay. you think about retiring. But when the time comes and you stop and you, you sit back and you put your feet up and put on the robe and the slippers and you look back on your legacy, what might it be? Now, before you answer, I'll, I'll, I'll explain this. After we uh, confirmed your appointment to the club and you were coming back to the club, I had a chance to speak to Andrew Johns. And I said to him at the time, what, what do you think about Sheenzy coming back? And he says, brilliant, genius, genius. And I, I said, well, I'll take a lot of the credit for that. I said that because... <laughs> It was uh, Tim's manager reached out to me initially and I, and, I, and I passed it on from there. But anyways, and he said to me, there are two great schools of coaching in the game, Warren Ryan, he says, and the Tim Sheen School. He says, you think about who has come out of the Tim Sheen School of Coaching. And he just rattled off all of these names, Meninga, Walters, Stewart, Daly, Bellamy, Bennett, Payton, Fittler, et cetera, et cetera. Will that be your legacy, you think, the way that you've coached and the, and the influence that you've had on others and... And, and passed it on. I mean, if it's being recognised by the eighth immortal as a school of coaching, it, it'll stand the test of time. Yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. I, I don't really, I don't really look at it that way in this regard. That um, you know, Kevy Walters, I, I coached for a year. You know, mm. some of them you've only just sort of touched. You mm. know, um, others you've had. You know, Mal, we had eight, nine years together. Laura, Ricky, and Laurie, and all those guys the same. Um, but. To say that I encouraged him into into say coaching is is wrong. I I wouldn't encourage anyone into coaching. It's a, it's not the game that you that you necessarily um, you know have a longevity in. I mean Craig Bellamy, I gave him his first role as a coach down there. Uh, I can go back and give, tell Graham Murray. I gave Graham Murray his first uh, graded coaching position for twenty for the twenty threes in days gone by at Penrith. But that does, that's just an opportunity, whether or not you know, they coach your style mm. or... I mean, they're all different. I mean, you've got to coach the sort of... To me, you coach your personality. You know, if you look around some of the personality... Like, look at Ricky. He blows up. He's, he's all over the place in, when things go wrong. 
And that's because he's that competitive guy. He was always that. So you've got to be true to your nature. Um, you know, Toddy Payton's a, a different kettle of fish. He's a very, you know, uh, intelligent kid that, not that Ricky's not, don't mm. get me wrong, but what I'm saying is he's very cool and calm about what yep. goes on and he, and so on. Everyone's different, but to have been involved with him, mate, is, 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 please, is, mm. is, is as much my honour as, is, mm. you know, I mean, uh, as I say to the boys, um, you owe me a ring. I said to Scando, uh, you owe me a ring, you know, and he said, well, you owe us one too. And I said, yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that, that encapsulates it because yep. it's a two-way street. You know, you can, you can be coached and I'm not mm. coaching and I'm not planning to coach. So at the end of the day, where I finish and what I do, you know, I'm just happy to have been involved in the game. Mm. It's, it's a brilliant game. No, absolutely. I've had, I've had the, the worst of it and I've had the best mm. of it. Well, that's what makes it a brilliant game. It does. I mean, how emotionally attached you become to it. Yes, yeah. yeah. It is one of those things that... In the old days, it was a sport. Now it's a profession, mm. and there's a difference. But when it was a sport, for me, it was still a profession in this regard. I started full-time as a coach, yep. but I was 24-7 mm. with, with football. You know? um, you know, and that's why people say, I mm. oh, don't get involved with a conversation with Sheens or you'll be talking football for five no, hours. That's fine for a but, podcast. But, <laughs> it works well. But, but there's plenty of people like that. Mm. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you've, got to be, you've got to be committed. Mm. You, you can't just say, oh, well... Like it's not it's not a public servant job where you can knock off and not have to think about work again until next Monday. You don't have the weekend off. You know, I, I work seven days a week. Yep. You know, but well, I see that. And I can choose the hours somewhat a bit mm. too. You know, you can you can have, you know, you can come down and do a law pod with your mm. with your boss if mm. you want to, and not be in at work today. Yep. For whatever reason, go to a lunch, which I'm going to for Royce's. Um, Roycey Simmons and mm. raising money for dementia. You can do those sorts of things, but you can also, I'll be working Saturday and Sunday this week, yeah. you know, full on. No. Uh, so you've got to be committed. And and um, and if you are, generally people understand that. I mean, I've, I've walked from clubs uh, when shook hands and been asked not to go, Penrith and Canberra, for instance. Mm. And, and uh, then I've been pushed out of clubs. Yep. But if you do the right thing, it's funny how... Yeah, people in the business know who are the people who are, who've got their head down and work hard. Uh, there's always that unfairness about coaches moving or administrators moving, but the good ones always move on to somewhere mm. else. No, I agree. It doesn't always mean you're done. No. But sometimes you're just not suited in that position. As I say, say a square peg in a square hole mm. sometimes becomes a round peg in a square hole. You don't fit. That doesn't mean you're not you're not eligible or not good enough to do the job. It's just you're looking for a different environment. And unless you win premierships regularly, um, you're not going to stay at a club. To yep. uh, you know, don't expect to be there for ten years. No. So because the expectations for most are, you get a five-year plan if you're lucky. And as I say, we're on a three-year plan, aren't we? Outstanding. That's it. Tim, look, this has been an incredible pleasure for me getting to know you a bit better. I mean, I've said to people, I did not know you, of course, before you came back to the club. We'd yeah. never met or never spoken and whatnot. And then we, we Zoomed quite a bit while you were still in England. But it has been an incredible... I've learnt more from you over the last six or nine months, I think, than I have in the previous 10 years about the game and about understanding the game. And I'm very appreciative of that and what you're doing for the club at the moment. So, look, thank you very much for your time today. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you to all uh, listeners as well. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Uh, and again, uh, you can follow us on all our social media platforms, of course, whether that be Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. And if you have any particular guests that you're interested in hearing from, uh, contact us directly at lawpod.brydens.com.au. So again, thank you to Tim Sheens and thank you to all for, um, for tuning in. Mm-hmm.